Welcome to Health Talks Now, bringing you the facts you need to keep you and your family well. We're happy you're tuning in today. Baptist Health is committed to providing compassionate, high-quality care that is centered on you. Listen to all of our podcasts to hear from Baptist Health physicians about the latest medical advancements and treatments. And get trusted information on timely health topics from our healthcare professionals. Whether you want to learn more about a specific condition or procedure or find tips for living a healthy lifestyle, Baptist Health is here to help you become a healthier you. Hey guys, this is a great episode today that you won't want to miss. I'm Carrie, the host of the Health Talks Now podcast, brought to you by Baptist Health. A new way of life is possible. And Baptist Health bariatric surgery and weight loss can help you make the lifestyle changes needed to reclaim your freedom. Imagine freedom from weight restrictions, from feeling out of control, and freedom to be the best version of you. I sat down with Dr. John Oldham, an expert surgeon, to learn more about one popular option, the gastric sleeve surgery. We'll discuss the ins and outs of getting the laparoscopy sleeve gastrectomy procedure, along with the qualifications and risk factors. I hope you enjoy. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Owensboro native, Dr. John Oldham, board-certified general surgeon to learn about the gastric sleeve surgery at Baptist Health. It's one of the most common bariatric procedures in the U.S., but I'd love our listeners to understand the ins and outs of getting the laparoscopic sleeve procedure. And before you start, can you tell us what led you to become a bariatric surgeon? Actually, I did a lot of bariatric procedures in residency in the late 1990s. And back then, it was all done open procedures, you know, big midline incision. And I saw that patients would lose weight with that and resolved a lot of their comorbidities like diabetes, hypertension, sleep apnea, but also saw all the complications that went along with those open procedures. Sure. So it wasn't until I um, got out of residency around 2002 started seeing that we can do these things laparoscopically and, you know, take all those bad risks or the majority of those out of the procedure. And then that's when I got involved. Sure. Well, it must be rewarding to see the transformative effect and um, life-altering effect that you have on patients with this procedure. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I truly love coming to work every day. It's awesome to see patients improving their life. They're off medications or preventing diseases you know, in the future. It's the small things like patients saying that now they can go to amusement park, fit into a roller coaster, they go to a restaurant, they don't have to worry about you know, the host is going to sit them in a booth that they can't fit in. So a lot of daily issues that they have to deal with. Sure. So, I hadn't considered that before. And um, taking the stairs, you know, coming up to the office now where they yeah, <laughs> could do that before. And not be out of breath. Exactly. It would be life-changing exactly. with the, yes. the changes. I'd love to hear about the patient journey and the personalized approach that's taken when considering patient's health, specifically what makes a good candidate for this procedure, and what are some considerations? You know, we actually operate on about 1% to 2% of the patients that actually qualify for the surgery. So, you know, we go by a, a term called body mass index, which is a height and weight calculation. So uh, somebody with a body mass index of 40 or above is a candidate. They don't have to have any comorbidities like diabetes or hypertension for insurance to cover um, that procedure but for somebody with a body mass index of 35 to 39.9, most insurances require some type of comorbid, like diabetes, hypertension, sleep apnea, liver disease, something like that. Okay. So it actually goes by their body mass index, which, again, height, weight, and calculation. Okay. 
Uh, what are some of the advantages of this procedure? So the gastric sleeve is the most common bariatric procedure in the world today, most common, as you said, here in the United States. The reason why it's becoming or is most the most popular is because it's getting similar results to the Roux-en-Y gastric bypass, but doesn't have a lot of the possible complications that go along with the bypass. So with the gastric bypass, we have to worry about ulcers. We have to worry about bowel obstructions, vitamin deficiencies. With the gastric sleeve, since we're not rerouting the intestines, all we're doing is making the stomach much smaller. We don't have to worry about those type of issues. Great. And as you mentioned, one of the advantages of certainly um, obtaining the surgery in this procedure is the joint pain relief, uh, leaving other medical conditions, improving fertility. Exactly. Yeah, obesity actually causes over 60 diseases, wow. um, you know, various, very serious diseases. And that's why the, the term is actually called metabolic surgery, okay. because it's actually proving those metabolic diseases or resolving those metabolic diseases. So. You know, we hear type 2 diabetes all the time, hypopressure, sleep apnea, liver disease. But as I said, there's over 60 diseases that obesity causes. Sure. You depression, know, too. Yeah, depression, exactly. Uh, you know, we don't, what comes first, you know? Yeah. Depression, obesity, you know, medications that treat obesity causes obesity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are the things we have to worry about. Obesity is actually, it, 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 is, it is a disease. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, not, you know, go home, eat less and exercise kind of thing. Sure. We all um, have a, a weight that our body wants to be at. It's called a metabolic set point. So when somebody, you know, could weigh 500 pounds or 200 pounds, when they go on a diet and try to lose weight, their body sees that as abnormal and it's going to do whatever it can to drive that weight back up to that set point. Interesting. And that's why it's such a high failure rate with, you know, diet and exercise. So these procedures are actually changing that set point to a lower set point to a healthy set point. Got it. So still tools, you know, there's no magic procedures out there, but very good tools. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what does the listener need to know about pre-surgery? Some of the requirements considering diet before they get ready for this um, surgery? Yeah, a good question. So, you know, we actually like our patients to get as much information as they can. And mm-hmm. I think the best you know place to start out is to one, uh, attend one of our informational seminars. We have three a month. We do two at the main hospital in uh, Baptist and then one in the uh, hospital in LaGrange. And that's where we talk about obesity. We go over all the different procedures that we offer. And that way the patients can kind of get a you know a good feel of the understanding of what we're talking about and the different procedures. And then they'll fill out this informational packet that we uh, give them, determines if they qualify for surgery. And there's some insurances that don't cover the uh, surgery. They have an exclusion in the insurance. So we discuss that with them. We do uh, self-pay if there's somebody that does have an exclusion insurance and they want to proceed. But once they um, fill the packet, uh, we'll contact them, have them come into our office. And we call this the intake appointment. And this is where they're there about five, six hours. So it's, it's a long visit, but it's kind of get it all done in one day thing. They'll sure. see the dietitian. They'll see the psychologist. They'll get counseling. They'll see our nurse practitioners. We do BMR testing, which is basal metabolic rate testing. So we do a lot of education on that day. Right. And then once they have that, there's some insurances that require their patients to do a monthly diet visit, three month, four months, six months. Some insurances don't require, but most insurances do. And then they'll come back for the final visit before surgery. That's when we go in detail about the surgery. We discuss all the possible complications, which, you know, are very rare in our hands. And then we go to surgery. Okay. Uh, Well, what are some of the risk factors and disadvantages that we need to know? 
very, very safe procedure. Again, everything's it's all done laparoscopic. Um, the biggest concern, since we have cut the stomach, and again, we're going to take about 80% of the stomach out. So instead of having this big, you know, football-sized stomach, we have a kind of a large banana-sized stomach now. So we are cutting the stomach. So the big concern is a leak. Uh, it is a very rare in our hands. It's less than 1%. It's like less than 0.27%, but that's a possibility since sure. we're cutting the stomach. Blood clots, another thing that is a concern. Is there a risk of a hernia? Incisional hernias are very rare in laparoscopic surgeries because we're doing, uh, you know, four to five little bitty incisions the size of my pinky, you know, so we're talking very, very small okay. incisions. So the chance of uh, incisional hernias are extremely, extremely rare. How about weight gain over time? Yeah, it's always a question. As I said earlier, you know, these are only tools. There is no magic procedure, and you'll hear us talking about that all the time. You know, we have patients uh, lose 100% of their excess weight, but they're not meant to do that. They're meant to get you to your healthy weight. We also have patients that, you know, can struggle long-term, and that's why follow-ups are very, very important. You know, we want to see our patients at least once a year for the rest of their life after the first two years. Uh, We see patients frequently the first two years, but, you know, if somebody is struggling or maybe gaining some weight back down the road, that's when we definitely want to see them back in the office to help them. Got it. We have different options getting them back on track. We can look at weight loss medications. So there's all kinds of things that we can do. But, you know, that's that's where the education is. And, and you know, using the tool correctly, patients will do very well. Sure. But the surgery is really meant to get you, you know, lose about 60 to 70% of your excess weight. Okay. That's kind of an average and that's long term. So 70% excess weight loss. If somebody was hundred pounds overweight, that would be a 70 pound weight loss. 200 pounds overweight, 70% excess weight loss would be 140 pound weight loss. So, but that's an average and that's long term. But as I said, you know, we have patients that lose hundred percent of their excess weight, get down to the ideal body weight. But again, meant to get you to a healthy weight. Got it. And it's hard, sometimes hard to determine what is success. You know, sure. if, you, if somebody lost, only lost 50% of their excess weight, but they got off their diabetic medications, they're off their blood pressure medications, they're off their CPAP medications, it helps with their liver disease, you know, that's kind of where That would be successful. Yes, exactly. Sure. What can patients expect in terms of surgery? So the surgeries are done with a general anesthetic, and that's, you know, all laparoscopic surgeries. The gastric sleeve takes about 40 to 45 minutes to do. It's an overnight stay, so just uh, going home the next morning. As I said, there's about four to five little bitty incisions. We do this through a, a video monitor. We have angled cameras that we put inside the abdomen. We insufflate the abdomen with CO2 gas. Again, that's all with laparoscopic procedures. Mm-hmm. We go in and we actually resect part of the stomach called the greater curvature. So we're making this football-sized stomach into kind of a large banana-sized stomach. So that, the part of stomach that we removed is taken out. I know a lot of patients, sometimes they, when they hear the word gastric sleeve, where you're taking that stomach out and it's permanent. Yes, it is permanent. We can't mm-hmm. put the stomach back in, but... This is the size stomach that we need in in today's environment with our Western diet. You know, we don't need this big football size stomach uh, nowadays with our American diet. So um, I think that if you think of that way, just a smaller stomach kind of makes sense. But as I said, stapling the stomach, remove the stomach, 40-45 minute procedure, and overnight stay going home the next morning. Okay. You actually will start out with some liquids right after the surgery when you go up to your room. Uh, the next morning, we kind of have some protein drinks, uh, some broth, things like that, then get to go home. We have uh, online information, but we don't have an online informational seminar at this point. We're actually working on that. 
Before we close out, I want to talk about some of the myths and debunking some of these myths for bariatric surgery. One that we've heard is that bariatric surgery is dangerous, and I'd love to hear your response to that if you've heard that from patients or prospective patients. Absolutely. (laughs) Bariatric surgery kind of got a bad name when, as I was saying earlier, that it was all done through open procedures, and, and we did see a lot, a lot of bad complications. And again, that was back in the 80s and 90s. But now that this is done laparoscopically, it is very, very safe. As I said, complications like uh, bleeding, blood clots, leaks are very rare, less than 1%. Again, in our hands, this can be done very, very safely. And it makes sense for a shorter recovery time as well. Right, exactly, exactly. So patients who are right after surgery, when it's done laparoscopically, they're up on their feet walking right after surgery. We actually have them on a schedule. They're walking around the nurse's stations, you know, every two hours around the clock after surgery. Okay. And when they go home, the only restriction that we tell them is heavy lifting, and that's anything over 25 pounds for about two weeks. Okay. Um, you know, if somebody uh, wanted to leave the hospital, they can run over to our Baptist Milestone gym around the corner, hop on a treadmill, and go at it if they want to. Sure. They're not going to feel like doing that, but they they can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, we, they, we don't want it to limit their activity. Another myth that we've heard is that insurance does not cover the weight loss surgery. Right. So insurances do cover the bariatric procedures, but there's some insurances that do have exclusions. Okay. And that's where, you know, we can find that out for patients or if, uh, you know, they have to meet that BMI criteria, the 40 and above without comorbidities or don't have to have a comorbidity or if you're BMI 35 to 39.9 you would need some type of comorbid like hypertension, diabetes, sleep apnea, something like that before they would cover it. Okay. How about the myth medications uh, are the best way to treat an obese patient's medical conditions? Have you heard that one? Well, you know, for uh, slightly overweight patients, you know, medications are good. You know, we want all of our patients to at least have tried different weight loss things in the past, you know, that most of our patients have done, Mm -hmm. diets and medications, things like that. There are, you know, five FDA-approved medications. We use them in our office, in our practice. But it's it's usually for a small percent of weight loss, only about 7 or 8% weight loss with these medications. And then usually if the medication is stopped, usually that weight does come back. Obesity is a very, very serious problem. Um, even somebody just with a body mass index of 30, which is only about 30 pounds overweight, has a 50 to 100% increased risk of dying prematurely compared to a normal weight individual wow. dying 10 to 15 years earlier than okay. they should. So that's what we want to change um, to make uh, patients healthier, prevent diseases like the diabetes, hypertension, sleep apnea, things like that, and make sure they're you know adding years to the life and not dying prematurely. Sure. Well, thank you for joining us today, Dr. Olin. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Health Talks Now. Staying healthy is a lifelong commitment, and Baptist Health can provide the support you need to lower your risks, improve your quality of life, and protect your long-term health. Visit baptisthealth.com to hear our other podcasts, learn about our services, and find more tips to help you stay a step ahead of your health. Baptist Health, be a healthier you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as medical advice. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast is not designed to replace a physician's medical assessment and medical judgment. Always seek the advice of your physician with any questions or concerns you may have related to your personal health or regarding specific medical conditions. 
to find a Baptist health provider, please visit baptisthealth.com.